Thank you, choir. That's better the second time. Thanks. Amen. I'm a blessed guy. I get to hear it twice. <clears throat> Amen. Just wanted to let you know that <clears throat> the next two weeks, Pastor Carl and I will be on vacation. Just wanted to warn you for what it's worth. But you'll be cared for, I guarantee you. So pray for us as we're gone. We'll pray for you. Today is all about dads. Anybody surprised? All about dads. For some, Father's Day, for some, those two words, Father's Day, bring with it warm, loving memories. It does for me. I loved my father. I miss my father. He passed away in 1999, and I still miss him today, especially today. My father was a pastor. I used to call him. We used to compare notes. <laughs> he cared about what was going on. He said, hey, tell me about what's going on in the church. Nobody asks me that anymore. Well, Carla's dad does. That's true. But I miss talking to my dad. But there's other people here today that unfortunately, when they hear the word Father's Day, it brings back painful memories. There are people here like that today. Painful memories. Even memories you would just rather forget, to say the least. And I understand, I am well aware that we have both kinds of people sitting here today. I don't think it's as easy to be a dad as it used to be, perhaps. I think it's probably more difficult than it's ever been. We're busier than we've ever been. We are more distracted than ever before. It seems to me that it's getting harder and harder to spend the time necessary to be the fathers that God is calling us to be. Harder and harder to be followers of God these days. In our world today, many things are stacked against us. And that is exactly how our enemy wants it. These days, Satan is throwing everything he can at you and me to make us less successful or to fail as fathers, dads. Why does Satan care so much about dads? Why is he throwing everything, including the kitchen sink, at us? Well, because he knows. He knows that in the family, the father is the key. He knows that. Do you? He knows that if your family is going to thrive spiritually, you're the key, Dad. It's you. He knows that if your family is going to walk on the pathway with God, in large part, you're the key, Dad. So on this Father's Day, I challenge you to do something about it. As a matter of fact, I triple dog dare you to do something about it. We'll get back to that. This morning, I want us to look in the Scripture at a strong man of God. His name is Joshua. Joshua was a man's man. There was no wimpy, sissy God follower here. No, no. This guy was strong. You remember Joshua? You remember who he was? Well, in case you don't, this might help you. <clears throat> Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down one more time. 
Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. You may talk about the men of Gideon, you may talk about the men of Saul, but there's none like good old Joshua. The battle of Jericho that morning, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. I'm having fun, Jericho. Jericho, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. That's what I'm talking about. That's the Joshua I'm talking about. A warrior. A man. This guy was on the cover of Sports Illustrated or something. I don't know. Man's Magazine. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 31 after all of that. Deuteronomy chapter 31. We're going to look at verses 7 and 8 for a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 31. That's the fifth book of the Old Testament. Way at the beginning of your Bible, the end of the five books of of Moses, the Torah, Deuteronomy chapter 31. Listen to these words. Follow along as I read. Verse 7. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. And with that, Moses transferred the leadership of the nation of Israel to Joshua. I'm telling you, Joshua was a man. He was the one that led the children of Israel across the Jordan River to take the promised land. And we know that God always keeps His promise. The book of Joshua, the sixth book of the Old Testament, the one right after Deuteronomy, tells the story of Joshua and the people actually taking the promised land. When you get to the last chapter of Joshua, chapter 24, Joshua is now coming to the end of his life. He gathers the people around him for one last final speech. Here is a key paragraph in that speech that Joshua gives those people right before he dies. Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. Follow along as I read. Joshua 24, 14. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness, Joshua tells them. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father... As we look at this powerful phrase in your word, this verse of Scripture, would you speak to the hearts of all the dads here? 
And I mean me too. Would you help us, Lord, to understand what this means for a man to stand up and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In the powerful name of Jesus that can bring it about, we pray. Amen. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, this wasn't just some phrase out of the mouth of an old man right before he died. This is, you could say, Joshua's life testimony. You could say that for Joshua, this was the summary of his entire life. Joshua had served God, had trusted God, had been faithful to God all his life. Anything you ever read about Joshua, it's about him following God. Joshua was chosen by Moses as a representative of one of the 12 tribes of Israel to join the other 11 men that were chosen, one from each tribe, to go into the promised land and spy it out to see, is it okay for the children of Israel to cross over the Jordan? That's early on, to cross over in the, the, to the Jordan and, and see. They were gone for 40 days. All of them came back. Ten of them said, no, 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 no. Those guys are too big. They're too powerful. They're going to wipe us off the face of the earth. What are you, you know, what are you, nuts? Moses, we're not going over there. And, and so, but Jacob or Joshua and Caleb said, those two spies came back and said, well, of course we can go into the promised land. Of course we can cross Jordan. It's God, after all, that's leading us. And we know that with God, all things are possible. And for that positive report, for that trust in God, there was murmuring in the camp. And they, they were talking about, should we stone these guys? Moses, Aaron, Joshua, Caleb, should we stone them? They're taking us to, their, to our death. But there was Joshua, trusting God, serving God, believing in God, way back there in the early years. Everything you read about Joshua, he's trusting God, he's serving God, he's faithful to God. As for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Now, the people Joshua had been leading were prone to be complainers, whiners, and so often disobedient to God. Now, at the end of his life, Joshua chapter 24, Joshua challenges them to make up their minds. Would you just be consistent? Make up your mind. Choose for yourself this day who you will serve. Would you make a clear choice once and for all and stick to it? But as for me, I will serve the Lord. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I've been working on this phrase all week. As for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. It's been rattling around up there. There's a lot of room for that to happen. It's been rattling around up there in my mind. And that phrase has been going through my mind with you on my mind too. Today, sitting here, Father's Day, the phrase, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And as I looked at it, I, I, I kind of took it apart a little bit to see if there's something in there for us today. 
Let's look a little closer at this phrase this morning. Joshua said this. Joshua said, this man of God, as for me, as for me, I will serve the Lord. Joshua seemed to clearly understand that if the spiritual leadership in his family and the nation, in his case, was going to work, it was going to start with him. As for me, I will serve the Lord. If his family was going to serve God and grow in their faith day by day, Joshua had to serve God and grow in his faith day by day. See, there is a direct connection, brothers, between you being faithful to God and your family being faithful to God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Joshua got that and his life proved it. As for me, I will serve the Lord. You see, brothers, God has a plan for us. His plan is for you and for me to be the spiritual leaders of our family. That's how he designed it. That's how he made us. That's what he expects. That you and and I, brothers, are to be the spiritual leaders of our family. And when that is happening, it's a beautiful thing to behold. But it all starts with me. I have to choose. I have to decide to follow God. I have to make the decision to follow Jesus. It starts when I say, as for me, I will serve the Lord. So what else does that mean for us today, that phrase, as for me? What does that mean? Here's what it means this morning, dads, for you and for me, or future dads, guys. Here's what it means. As for me means, it means embracing God with all there is within us. It means walking humbly before God on an everyday basis. It means seeking God with all of your heart. It means allowing God to to rearrange your priorities and change your lifestyle. It means becoming a man of God's Word. It means walking as Jesus walked. It means walking in the light. It means living with your eyes fixed on Jesus. It means once and for all, I'm all in. That's what it means. As for me, I will serve the Lord. It starts with me, dads. I have decided to follow Jesus. Me. I have. I've decided to get on the journey with Jesus and not turn back. I made that decision. As for me. I will serve the Lord. Now, in order to get there, some of us this morning need to have God set us free from our bondage. You see, God took the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt on a long journey to the promised land, to freedom. Bondage to freedom. Bondage to promise. And for some of you today, some of us today, guys, In order for us to say, as for me, it means God set me free. Perhaps for you, brother, it means God set me free from alcohol. Maybe that's what it, maybe it's gripped you. Maybe that's what God needs to set you free from. Maybe it's drugs. I don't know. Maybe it's something that you're, that you're addicted to. Maybe it's pornography. Guys, you guys. If statistics are true, half of you are involved in pornography at least. Look around. Half of the guys sitting here, young, 
and old are deeply into pornography. In this church, guys right here. Hey guys, guess what? You cannot be the spiritual leader that God is calling you to be and be involved in pornography. It can't happen. You can't do it. Well, it doesn't hurt anything. It doesn't hurt anything. You mean you on by yourself doesn't hurt anything? Do you know every couple almost that comes and sits in my office with marital problems? If pornography isn't the first biggest problem, it's number two. What are you talking about? It doesn't hurt anything. Of course it hurts something. It destroys you, brother. And you need to say, I'm done with it. Goodbye. That's it. As for me, I will serve the Lord. Come on. Come on, brother. Hello. God set the men of this church free. I mean, let's, let's be honest. It's touching some of you. Maybe God needs to set you free from watching too much TV. Maybe. Whatever it is. Maybe God needs to set you free from sitting in front of the computer too long, for whatever that is. Maybe. Because, you see, here's what God expects from us, dads. He expects for us to put Him first and for us to lead our families to the kingdom. He expects us to put everything we have into this by ourselves to say, I am in this. I am embracing kingdom principles. I am living according to kingdom principles. From this day forward, I don't care if you're young and not married yet, or you're old and been married forever. Guys, 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 listen. God needs us to be the spiritual leaders He's calling us to be. And we are far too involved in the world. Be careful, Pastor Chuck. It's all right, I'm going on vacation. I'll rest up. For some this morning, as for me means, God set me free. Are you fallen for the lies? <laughs> Are you fallen for the lies? <clears throat> Dad, it starts with you. As for me, <laughs> I will serve the Lord. Joshua also says... As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, Dad, when you decide to jump in the deep end with both feet, I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in today and to be made complete. I'm all for it. I'm going to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. When you say that, Dad, it impacts your family. Greatly, eternally impacts your family. Here's how it works. When you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, Dad, you begin to love your wife as God intended guys to love their wives. <laughs> How did God intend guys to love their wives, Pastor Chuck? I'm glad you asked. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's how we are to love our wives. And brothers, it is not possible for that to happen apart from, uh, from, apart from God. You cannot love your wives right or correctly or appropriately unless you are loving God with all your hearts. That's how He made us. 
God intends you to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. See, when I get my spiritual act together, I really begin to love my wife. Of course, Carl and I, we have a perfect marriage, but for the rest of you... See, that kind of love, a man man would do anything for his wife. Even give up his life for her. Husbands, love your wives as God, as Christ loved the church. Pastor Chuck, you don't know my wife. Okay. All right. You know, all she does, Pastor Chuck, is nag and complain and nag and complain. That's all I get. You know the first thought that comes into my mind? You picked her. Why did you pick her? I mean, what, what brought you together in the first place? Well, I loved her back then. I mean, I loved her. Well, you know why you don't love her now? You haven't been walking with God. Brothers, listen. This works. This This stuff works. We've been dabbling in it. We've been playing at it too long. It's time to jump in with both feet. As for me and my house, (laughs) we will serve the Lord. How do I love my wife, Pastor Chuck? How do I love her when she nags and complains and nags and complains? Let me run through it again. Here's how it happens. This is how you love your wife. You get right with God. Don't work on loving your wife first. You work on loving God first. You draw close to God first and let His love flow in you and through you to your wife so that you can love her as God intends men to love their wives. This is how you do it. You get right with God. I mean really right. Once and for all right. Now there's some guys sitting here now going, yeah, right. You know, it's easy for you to say you don't know. See, I just say, you know, God, would you defeat the works of Satan in this place right now? There, there, are, some, there are some excuses being popped into your mind, and it's coming from the evil one, the liar of all liars. Lord, in the powerful name of Jesus... Get out of here, Satan. Now, let me say it again. Let me say it again. You get right with God. That's the answer, brothers. That's the answer. You get right with God. As for me, I will serve the Lord. And when that's happening, as you're on your personal journey drawing closer to the Lord, you ask Him, Lord, help me love my wife the way you want me to. You ask Him for His help. That's the only way it's going to happen. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Let me tell you a little secret. When you love her like that, And continue to love her like that. There's not a woman on the face of the earth that's not going to respond positively to that. Unless she's crazy. You start loving your wife like that, and now that feels right. That's the way it's supposed to be. Or, ah, 
Is it perfect? No. Unless you're Carl and me, that's perfect. But no, it's not. It's not perfect. Everybody has their days, their weeks, their months. Everybody does. But it, it doesn't tend to get to the place where you, you're saying, I'm done with this. I'm throwing in the towel because I will do anything for her, even if it costs me my life. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, when, when you love God with all your heart, dads, it impacts your children too. It impacts your children. That's God calling to say, preach it, brother. <laughs> and I'm doing it. God also, God also will use what you do as you follow God to impact your children. See, once you get your spiritual act together, you begin to even see your children in a different light. You begin to see your children, for example, as children that you are longing for them to know God. And that's your number one priority. Not necessarily that they become the next great sports hero. What you're looking for is everything changes. Your priority changes. And you say, my, my goal in life, my goal in life is that my boy follows God. Or my girl follows God. Lord, make me the kind of father I need to be to impact my kids. You know, the problem is for some of us dads here sitting here, we got our kids involved in too much that the world has to offer. I'm not talking about bad stuff. I'm talking about too much stuff. And they don't have time to follow God or to be involved in things that would enhance their spiritual life. You're too busy running around town. And guess what? I was involved in that too. We were living in Moscow. Kara. I didn't have a boy, but she's the closest thing to it. <clears throat> she, was, she, was, uh, she was an athlete, man. And she put her whole self in it. She was five years old. We joined a, a t-ball league. Go down to Moscow State University. There's this baseball stadium there, AstroTurf and all that. The Japanese built it for the Russians just to be nice. And here we are, all these foreigners out there with all their kids playing baseball. And, they, you know, in, in t-ball, there's 15 kids on a team, and every kid bats every inning. You can make 15 outs. It doesn't matter. You bet every kid bats, then they change. Well, the coach put Kara last because he knew. The bases were always full. He knew that she'd clear them. First time, it was great. This little five-year-old girl, long ponytail coming out the back of her hat, this girl comes up, the last batter, parents stand over, go, go over there saying, why would he have a girl bat last? I mean, why would he have, that, that doesn't even make any sense. And I'm going, am I saying to myself, just wait and see. <laughs> and this little girl, she gets up there, she's lefty, she gets up there and she swings like she's swinging at her sister. I mean, she is whack. And the thing goes, way down there, none of those five-year-olds are going to get in front of that ball. And it rolls on that astroturf all the way to the other side of the stadium. She could have walked around. And the parent goes, oh, <laughs> now I know why. But see that, my girl, my girl was a jock, if I can say it that way. Is that good? I don't even know if that's good. 
I tried to get her involved in everything. I tried to get her to be a speed skater. She loved to put her little skates on. She liked to put her little skates on and she rushed fast around the, the ice skating rink. One time this little cute little Russian girl comes up to her and says, you know, if you would skate slower, you wouldn't fall down as much. And Kara said, hockey players never skate slow. I tried to get her, tried to, get her to be... A, a speed skater. She loved that. She says, Dad, I don't like what they wear and those skates look stupid. All right, that's the end of that. So then I got her involved in soccer. She loves soccer. We got her, we put her, we had her join this Moscow feeder Olympic, early Olympic type team that she was on. And, 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 you know, I just didn't like the atmosphere. She did that for a few months and she came home. But we still kept playing soccer. She got pretty good. And she's on Olivet's team right now. She plays, starting her senior year, she can play soccer. She's pretty good. I love to watch my girl play. I love to go see it happen. Every time I watch the Olympics and speed skating, I say to her, Carrie, that could have been you. <laughs> she's tough. She's good. But you know, you know what got me more than all that? Last year, she calls me up. She says, Dad, you think Grace Point would give me a local preacher's license? And I'm thinking, yes! My little girl knows what's important. All that other stuff that I tried to get her involved in, she wants to serve God. You see, dads, as for me and my house, when I'm following God, when I am walking the journey with God and my kids know it, it impacts them. Oh, they might choose to go their own way for a while, but they can never, ever get away from the fact that God or that dad loved God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Pastor Chuck, my children are grown. And when I was young, when they were young little, I wasn't following God. And they grew up and left, and then I got to know Christ. Pastor Chuck, how do I get to them? I feel like I failed them. I feel like it was my fault. They're not involved in church and all of that kind of stuff. Do you know, brother, that you have an opportunity that to allow God to impact you in such a way that those children will never get, get away from it, even though they're grown. You see, for me, I never saw God transform my dad. He was already transformed when I came along. I saw the results of it. But I never saw, I never had a dad that I knew of that was walking away from God on, on his life. And then there was a moment where he gave his life to Christ and he started walking the other way and he never looked back. That's powerful. That's powerful. So, Dad, today... As for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. If you make that decision, Dad, your children, grown children, when they lay their head on the pillow, they will not be able to get away from it. And then you go to them when God leads you to do that. And you kneel down before them and you say with tears in your eyes, the, the goal of my life until I die is to see you come to know Jesus like I know Him now. I'm sorry that I didn't lead you in that when I was younger. It, it hurts my heart. But I want to tell you now, I'm going to live for God with all I have so that my children and my grandchildren will follow Christ too. Don't you think 
that would have an impact on them? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Dad, you're the key. It's true. Children can grow up and go their own way. You can do everything right, and children can grow up and go their own way. But I guarantee you, Dad, they'll never get away from it. You know how I know? I do funerals. I do funerals of godly people. And as they're laying in the casket, I hear their kids talking about them. Their kids can't get away from it. I guarantee you, Dad, you live, for, you live for God. He's going to use it in the life of your children. I guarantee you. Well, I said earlier that I was going to challenge you, or didn't I say triple dog dare you? And here's the challenge this morning for all of you dads, including me. Here's the, here's the challenge. The challenge is start today. There is no excuse that you can think up that would say that you can't do this today. There's no good excuse for not starting today. After all, you're sitting in a church. What are you sitting here for? There's no excuse for you not to jump in with both feet today. To start now. To get right with God. It's okay. That's alright. It's just a baby crying. Don't, you know, just pay attention here. Listen. There is no excuse. You need to get right with God, and it needs to be today. Choose today who you will serve. Choose today who you will serve. Will you say this phrase with me, as for me? Say that with me. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. It starts with you, Dad. Dads, say it again with me, will you? As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Dads, would you embrace the kingdom of God this morning? Would you do that? It'll change your life and the life of your family. You need to. You need to do that. Then your family will say to you, my dad knows God. And by your life, it will say, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. Here's what I'd like you to do, dads. I would like you to come and kneel or sit or stand here at the front. I want to pray for you. I want all these dads to come. I want them just to come right now and sit, stand, kneel, whatever you feel comfortable doing. And as you come, I want you to say, this is a commitment. I'm going to follow God. I'm really going to do it this time. I'm going to ask God to set me free. I'm going to pray that God will change my life from the inside out. Do you realize, Dad, do you realize that if all of you sitting here or standing here today would really embrace God, it would change this church. And we would truly be the church that God is calling us to be. All of you guys, would you just pour your hearts out to God Would you tell him, as for me and my house, God, we will serve the Lord. And it's going to start with me today. Would you do that for me? Would you do that for yourself? Let's pray together. Father, I pray 
for these men sitting, standing, kneeling here. I ask, Lord, that you would help all of them to sense your presence right now. Lord, there are some in the front here that are struggling with an addiction of some kind. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would set them free. I pray that you would break the chains of that addiction in their lives and that they would bring alongside an accountability partner or buy software to block stuff or whatever needs to happen in order for them to walk as Jesus walked, in order for them to embrace kingdom principles. Lord, for every man up here this morning, I pray your special presence. Fall upon them, Father. Perhaps there's some men here today that need to accept you as their Savior for the first time. Lord, help them. Give them the courage to say, forgive me, Father, for my sins. Come into my life, Jesus. Brother, if that's where you are, say that now. Forgive me of my sins, Father. Save me, Jesus. Come into my heart. Let me know, brother, if that's if you did that. We will walk with you. Father, maybe there are some brothers here today that just need a renewal in their lives. Maybe they just need a, re, a, a, a new filling, an infilling of your Spirit. Lord, do that for them now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, it is not easy to be a father today. You know that. There are obstacles in our ways. There are so many distractions. Lord, would you help us all to be single-minded? That you would help us to be single-focused on you from this day forward. Lord, I ask that your presence would be with and in these men. Now, Father, I want to say the words that Moses said to Joshua when he passed on the mantle of the leadership of the nation. I say the same words to my brothers this morning. The Lord himself goes before you and you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Lord, may those words ring in our minds and in our hearts. Help us to know, Father, that you are with us and that with God, all things are possible. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray these things. Brothers, would you say the phrase again with me? As for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. Let's say it once more. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Ladies, would you stand with us? Ladies, I'd like you to pray. I'd like you to pray. Listen, don't nag. Pray. Trust God. Trust God. Pray for these men. And I promise you, I will too. Father, fill this place. Father, Come, Holy Spirit. Father God, thank you for Emmanuel, Jesus with us. May we take what we've seen and heard today and begin the journey, man or, man or woman, either one, but especially the dads today, and follow you faithfully. For all the men that have children, I pray that you'd protect them. For the grown children, bring them back. To Christ. May you give their dad the privilege of helping them find Jesus. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. And all the people said, Amen. God bless you. Amen.